0: We're excited to uh, launch into the fall, and we believe that God has a lot in store uh, for this ministry for you. And uh, we're just excited to be a part of your life. Thanks for thanks for checking us out tonight. Thanks for uh, just jumping in. We're, we're really looking forward. We've got a lot of things, um, like they said, a lot of new things that are coming down the pipe that we're excited to uh, announce to you. We'll talk a little bit more at the end of the service about that. But one of the things that um, I try to balance when deciding what to talk about on stage. There's really kind of two categories that we try and balance, and and hopefully we balance them well. But uh, one category is uh, things that you guys already care about, things that y'all care about that I want to speak into or that we want to speak into and hopefully give some uh, biblical perspective to it, things that you guys care about. The other category is things that you don't care about but you should care about. And uh, sometimes those are things that, like, I didn't even know I should care about, and I'm discovering that I should, and so we want to talk about those as well. And so for the next few weeks, I think it's going to be a combination of both, hopefully. We really want to, we we're entitled in the series, obviously you can tell we're entitling it The Real World, and uh, kind of tagging off of a MTV show back in the day. You know, does this show, is it still on the air? I have no idea. So it, I, it was on the air back when I was in uh, middle school. On the air. What a weird thing to say. It was on TV uh, back when I was in middle school, and uh, really, if you if you don't know, is basically like for the first time they kind of introduced it. Let's let's get some cameras and just follow some young twenty-something people and see what their life is like. It was a terrible show. It was uh, like <laughs> let's put them in clubs every single night. It was the it was the first Jersey Shore, really. Um, it was awful. And but really, what this show introduced was uh, kind of like authentic TV. It was the beginning. It was the ushering in of, hey, we really actually just care about people being themselves, and uh, we don't care so much about people putting on a show, even though, you know, reality TV. But it was kind of the beginning of authenticity becoming a value to the world, and really, you know, your generation, my generation, define. We're defined by being a generation that desires authenticity, and that was kind of the beginning of it. I really believe we believe as a team and as a church that uh, the church should carry some real world conversations. That we should do the same thing, and let's not uh, ignore real life. Let's not pretend that we're all perfect. Let's not just think that everything is you know, roses and daisies, but let's tackle the things that are really happening in life and let's give some biblical perspective. The Bible, the Bible doesn't need to be framed as relevant. The Bible is relevant. And so we just need to talk about it. And so we're going to, uh, hopefully we do that every week, but we're going to take the next few weeks and tackle some real-world things. Hopefully some things, maybe some things that you already care about. We want to bring some uh, biblical perspective to it. But maybe even some things that you don't care about that uh, we're praying that you will leave uh, here starting to care about. And that is uh, really what I think tonight is going to be. So tonight for, um, for some of you will be a conversation that you're like, man, I've been hoping that the church would have this conversation. And I'm so excited that they are. Tonight for many of you, you're going to be like, why is the church having this conversation <laughs> Why are we doing this? Why is this something we're talking about? And our prayer has been uh, that you will learn something new and you will begin to care about something that you have not cared about in the past. A few weeks ago, uh, somebody from our church, a staff member, another pastor here, reached out to me, emailed me, he said, "Hey there's a lady that comes to our church who is um, she's a professor at a college here and um, I think that you should get to know her. She she may have some insight uh, that she could give to your college students. So I said, okay. Everybody's always emailing me like, you should contact this person or this person. I was like, all right, I'll send her an email. Uh, So I I sent her an email, and we began conversing back and forth over email. And I learned of her uh, desire for our generation, really not just for our generation, but for all generations, to begin to care about creation to begin to have a biblical perspective about the environment, to begin to go, you know what? If God created the earth and then He is then, he's given it to us to steward, what is our responsibility, listen to me, as followers of Jesus to care about creation? Does the Bible say anything about it? So we began conversing, and, and I said, you know what? I need to go out. And uh, talked to Lindsay. And so I I drove out to UNG Gainesville. Anybody go there? Come on. So I drove out to uh, UNG and uh, met with her. And we began talking. And uh, pretty soon it became very evident that Lindsay, uh, first of all, loves Jesus a whole lot. But then not only that, has a passion uh, for talking about what what is our role in this. And not only that, it wasn't just like I have a passion. She's written a book about it. So she doesn't want me to do this, but I'm going to uh, tell you about it. It's uh, this book right here. It's called Keep It Good, Understanding Creation Care Through Parables. And um, really just uh, I left that conversation. I don't know that we've talked about this, but I left that conversation go going. I think that as a follower of God, I'm supposed to care about something that for so many years I've never cared about. And then even worse and even more humbling was for so many years, I've never taught, like I've never taken the responsibility as someone who teaches from stage to talk to you about something that we should care about. And uh, so it was kind of a convicting, humbling moment for me. And we came back and started going, you know, I don't know who's interested in this, uh, but I think we have a role. And I think we have even more than a role. We have a responsibility to at least start the conversation. And so we're going to do that tonight, and I'm excited. Um, So before we start, let me say this. Uh, This is not a political talk. (laughs) This is not, uh, there is no agendas here. This is strictly a, what is our role as followers of Christ? So I know we understand there's tons of opinions. Good grief, if you just go Google this, you're going to get so much. Uh, and, And this is not, you know, we can't cover everything. But we do want to kind of hopefully shed some light on what does the Bible say about this, and uh, what can we do to begin to care. And so, uh, without further ado, we help me welcome my new friend, Doctor Lindsay Linsky. Will you guys welcome?
1: Thank you so much. And and y'all aren't grad students because I teach grad students. So so. This is church family, so please call me Lindsay.
0: Lindsay. She's yeah, like, please, please call me, call me Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. No, you, no, no, you're a doctor. Church You've earned families. it. Um, church family. church family. But just like I require all of you to call me uh, Reverend.
2: <laughs> just kidding. I don't. That's
0: but you should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I've told you a little bit about uh, Lindsay, but she's a professor at UNG, married. Her husband's down here, John, and
1: two kids? Yes, yes Jack and McKenna. They're six and three.
0: Six and three, yeah. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. uh, they're not here?
1: No. That, uh, <laughs> I would not be able to concentrate. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so tell us, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe if we haven't uh, already covered it, but how did you get to this point where this became a passion of yours?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I, um, so for me, it really started when, back in middle school, I accepted Jesus as my Savior in middle school, and and that And about that same time is when I started going to a summer camp in the mountains of North Carolina uh, called the Green River Preserve. And I spent weeks of my childhood just hiking around in the mountains and eating the wild blueberries and getting inducted in the polar bear club and, you know, learning the difference. Should we talk about that?
2: That (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Okay, you stand under the waterfall (laughs) and, you know, you just say polar bear three times, but it's up in the mountains, so it's so cold. But I don't know. There might be other versions elsewhere, but that's the summer camp version. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just learning the difference between the different trees and all about the creatures. And I just I fell in love with God's creation. Absolutely fell in love with God's creation while I was there. And it was my devotion to my faith and my um, my love for his creation that led me to study science in college and then after that, it led me to pursue um, a teaching degree, an M.A.T. Uh, teaching degree, and um, become a teacher. And actually, so I was I was a seventh grade life science teacher when you all were in middle school, which Tell us makes school. me feel Davis Middle School in Hall County. There's <laughs> like two people. Yeah, in <laughs> I was Megan Pritchard's teacher, which is so cool. when she was in seventh grade Um, and then yeah at at Davis my love for creation helped uh, inspired me to start the recycling program there and and then that inspired me to go to um, back to grad school for the PhD in science education and it was on my way home one night at after a night class I was driving home I had no intention whatsoever. I never thought about writing a book. I hated writing in school you know it was always a, really a struggle for me and and so I had no intention of writing a book, but I was coming home from grad school and I was listening to an audiobook by EO Wilson, a really famous Harvard biologist called the Future of Life." and the majority of the book is pretty depressing <laughs> but the, the last <laughs> chapter is very hopeful and he says something. At the end of the last chapter, um, it was this quote. If the two most powerful forces in the country, religion and science, could get together on the issue, this country's environmental problems would be quickly solved. And that is when I had the, I mean, I call it an epiphany because vision sounds weird, but um, but a, a completely out of the blue clarity realization epiphany, whatever you want to call it, for the first parable. And over a, few, a series of about seven years, I had six other epiphanies very similar to that that um, led to the book, because every chapter has a, has a parable to kind of drive home the main point.
0: Yeah, so you, yeah. you kind of address main, or different things through parables yeah. in your chapters. So yeah, um, yeah, by the absolutely. way, before I forget, I don't want to forget this, we have a couple copies of this yeah. in the back that uh, Lindsay wants to give away. Please. Which is ridiculous, but she's really kind and just wants to give it give them away, okay. but not a whole lot. So
1: um, I have seven hard copies, but I'm happy. I also have it on um, ebook for if you have a Kindle or an Apple device. I'm happy to give that to you. Cool. So.
0: Yeah. So we'd yeah. be glad to, to hook you guys up yeah. with that. Um, so tell us tell us about like how I mean you, you wrote the book, and it really tackles like there's a couple of things that it tackles that I love, which is like, here are the reasons why Christians often don't care about creation, but then you go after, like, but we should. And this is the reason why those, that's silly. Can you talk about that?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, there are, um, there are three really, um, the, I like to call them misinterpretations, you know, that, that shape the first three chapters of the book. And they're biblical misinterpretations. are pretty common. You've probably heard some of these. I was taught some of these and, so, and you know sometimes God uses different points in time in history to reveal new things to us and so, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll, re- I'll tell you those three things and then we'll kind of um, talk through them yeah. if that's cool. Um, so the first is you know God gave Adam and Eve dominion in the Garden of Eden and so that means that we can you know do with creation whatever we want. The second is you know God gave us all things for our enjoyment First Timothy six seventeen, and so that means we can take as much as we want from creation, and the third is you know God gave us a new heaven and a new earth, and so this one doesn't matter. So I'm not sure if you if some of y'all have heard that or not, but um, but those are the those are the three that 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 I was taught and yeah. um, that didn't seem to jive with my understanding of creation. Yeah. So. so
0: talk about the first one. So God gave yeah. us dominion over the earth. So right. we should just be able to like do whatever we want with it because we just, yeah we, we own it.
1: Yep. Why is right. that
0: not a good way to think?
1: Okay. So, um, to help under- help you understand that I have to, um, talk about the first parable. So when I was driving home from Athens, God gave me the house analogy. So, um, let's take a step back. So we can understand a little bit about how God sees his creation by looking at our own little minuscule, teeny, tiny, little bitty creations. I mean, it's compared to the universe, they are minuscule. But still, we're made in the image of God. So we can understand a little bit about how God sees his creation by looking at our own. And so the, the analogy was this. There's a guy. His name's Walter, and he's standing at the end of his driveway with his coffee cup, and he's looking out over his home, and he's thinking back on all that went into, to um, putting that home together. When he and his wife were newlyweds, they bought the fixer-upper that you know they could just barely afford, and they went through so much trouble to fix the pipes and fix the you know um, the leaky roof and. Fix the boards and everything, and then they moved on to the yard, and they they tamed it was so overgrown. and They tamed the yard, and then they weren't quite ready for kids yet, so they got a bird, and then a and then a, a cat and a dog and so forth. And then finally, it led up to the children, Allison and William, and of course, the children are the most important aspects of that home to those parents, without a doubt. The children. Everything else is a distant second and third. But that doesn't mean that Walter and Evelyn, his wife, um, don't really care about the rest of the things that live in that home. The, they, they mow the lawn. They weed the garden. They take the dog to the vet. They feed the cat every morning and, and you know, and all of that. Shouldn't so, have a cat. Right. But, yeah, they so, so they do a lot to to care for that home, to keep it a loving and safe and nurturing place for their children. Right. And so because of that, they care about how their children treat creation. And So the first chapter kind of challenges people to ask, take a step back and ask yourself, how would you want your children or your future children to treat your creation? So, and because of course you'd want, I mean, Walter wouldn't say don't eat the food and don't use the shampoo or whatever. It, it's not about not using the resources. I mean, we're not saying you don't, you know, we're all going to live in trees and walk everywhere and eat bugs. You know, we're not saying that. <laughs> of course you would use the resources, but you would also, like a good parent, you would also counsel your children Don't take too much. Watch, think about everybody else that lives in the house, you know, and be careful and cautious with the way you use it. And so that first chapter basically just challenges people to do unto God's creation as we would want done unto our own.
0: Yeah, I love that. So let let me stop you there and kind of bring up something that maybe all of us are thinking or I'm thinking. So should, are you saying that I should not go hunt
1: deer? Oh, no. Oh, gosh. The hunters, hunters are some of the most... I'm avid environmentalist. Like, if I have a friend um, named Seth, and one time I, I was talking to him about this topic, and I used the word sport, and he gave me like a half-hour-long lecture about how it's not a sport, it's a way of life. And, <laughs> and, um, But hunters, they realize that you have to have the forests to preserve that way of life, to preserve the sport. You have to have environmental regulations or you get the one guy that kills all the... Pregnant females, you know, or it doesn't leave it, ruins it for everybody. You know, so they're a really good example of people that, that enjoy creation the way that I believe God intended us, just out there enjoying His creation yeah. and, and enjoying the fruits of, of His labor.
0: Fun fact I don't look like a hunter, but uh, I've shot a few things in my life. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's a good, good segue into the next misinterpretation. You talk about dominion. We have dominion over things. Um, the other misinterpretation, the second one, was God gave us all things for our enjoyment. So that means we can do with creation whatever we want. Talk about
1: why that's not actually biblical. Right, yeah. So um, to talk through that one, we have to think about how what we do with things that we enjoy. So think of something that you own that you really, really enjoy. Uh, let's pretend it's a car and you just love this car. You saved up for it, and you love this car. And you, what do you do? You park it at the back of the parking lot. You put, you put the premium gas in there. You fill it up with, uh, or you take it to the mechanic as soon as it hits the 3,000 miles. You never let anybody smoke in the, in the car, you, you know all of those things. And so then what do you do with, let's say you loan your car to somebody. And that friend brings the car back with a big dent in the side, oh, and the oh, engine's God. making some sort of weird rumbling sound now, and there's a cigarette burn in the seats. Mm. And yeah. <laughs> so, so you have to think about who of those two people really enjoyed the car, yeah. you know, and and, and you know, because the, the friend, I would probably use another word for that. It probably wouldn't be enjoyment. It would probably be closer to exploiting it. And so I do believe that, yes, God gave us all things for our enjoyment, but he didn't give us all things to exploit. And so it implies care and stewardship and, and love. Yeah, 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 I love that.
0: Um, okay, so the third one, which I think is uh, probably the toughest one to debunk, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, because... There's no denying that one day we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth. That's a promise that's given to us. That's in scripture. So, how do you how do you say, you know, it still doesn't mean we just do whatever we want with this one.
1: Right. Yeah. We are going. It says in the book of Revelation and also Isaiah we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth one day. And that there's no denying that. Um, it's in scripture. But uh, but let's. That, that scenario, that mindset reminds me of some others, um, and I'll, I'll tell me if these sound familiar. Uh, we're all gonna die someday, so I'm gonna just eat, drink, and smoke as much as I want, right? Okay, or how about this one? Oh, um, my parents are gonna buy me a new cell phone, so it doesn't matter that I just did a cannonball into the pool with my <laughs> cell phone in my pocket. <laughs> Or um, you know, or what about this one? Jesus is, Jesus will forgive me for my sins, so I'm just going to sin as much as I want. It doesn't matter, you know. No, that 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 mentality is reckless, and it hurts us. And it that's so. While those statements might be true, yes, we're going to, you know, we're all going to die someday. Yes, Jesus would forgive us for our sins. But by having that mentality, it's not only disrespecting the care and love that God gave us in, this, in our bodies and then also in, through the forgiveness of Jesus and sins, but it's reckless, and it hurts us, and it hurts our neighbors. Just like with the smoker, it hurts us, and it hurts our neighbors.
0: Yeah. That's great. That's great. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you is um, what happens... What happens if, if us as believers, I think that's important, us as like followers of Christ, if we don't start to care and if we just keep keep going on with our life, what happens if we don't do anyth- anything about
1: this? Right, yeah, and I realize, you know, not everybody's a science nerd like me, and I get it, you know. <laughs> and, if you're, and if you're one of those people that says, you know, I'm not the save the trees kind of guy, cool, that's fine, you know, that's, that's great. But I will tell you um, why I believe all Christians need to care, and it's because of the least, the, the, the poor, because they are hit first and hardest by any time creation is degraded. Um, you know, and Jesus was so specific about caring for the poor and the least of these. Um, and so what do I mean by that? How are the least affected by creation? Um, here's some here's some scenarios. Who are the ones that live next door to the landfills because that's the only properties that they could afford? Or you know who are the ones that um, you know couldn't afford to live in the suburbs and so they have to live in the inner cities where the where the pollution is the most concentrated so that they can get to work? You know or who are the ones that can't afford to leave when floodwaters rise because you know all we have. With the trees, and they, the trees soak up the water. So when the floodwaters rise, and who are the ones that you know have to eat the fish out of the Chattahoochee, to um, because that, they have to put food on the table. And those are all those are all first-world examples. Yeah. You know, the um, in the third-world countries, it get, the stakes get so much higher because. They depend on creation directly for their daily sustenance, especially like the oceans. Um, half the world population lives right by the oceans and depends on the oceans for their daily protein and fish and survival. And um, and so that's why that's why it's such a huge deal that, um, you know, the oceans stay healthy. And that's why um, hypoxic dead zones and whatnot and all of the different things, that's why it's a big deal. And that's why I believe that all Christians should care.
0: So. I love that. I, that was... Yeah. You know, when we talked earlier, that was probably the, the the number one thing that stuck out to me the most was if if Jesus is really clear in the Bible and he says things like uh, "What you do for the least of these, you do to me," I've always thought, okay, well, how does what does that mean? With you know, how do I help the the homeless guy on the street and all that kind of stuff? But then when I heard this, like this is a this is actually directly related to that. So. So how I choose to care for the earth that God's given us is directly related to how I am caring for the poor, how I care for the least of these. And so it matters.
1: Right. Yeah. Because, you know, like it or not, the things, the choices we make and the things we, you know, buy and different, it does have an impact. And, and like I was telling you at the meeting last week, you know, I like to say that um, chapter five focuses on this and. And because you know, you can give a man a fish, or you can teach a man to fish, but that's only that's only good if they're fish that are edible in the river, yeah. you know, and so forth. Yeah. So it's so it is important. Yeah, that matters.
0: Um, let's say let's say that we're on board. Let's say we're going. Okay, cool. I think you know maybe I should start caring about this a little bit more. Uh, what are some practical things to do? One of the reasons why, just so you guys know, one of the reasons why I've enjoyed talking to Lindsay is because. Uh, probably with just my own ignorance, when I've thought about this topic, I've always, you know, there's extremes. You have extremes of everything, and I've always just gone to the extreme, and then it becomes a, I don't know, just give me away. You know, I just want to, I my brain can't handle that, you know, or or there's this idea of me, I can't really make a difference with this big thing but talking to you has been so refreshing because uh first of all you're not extreme you're just a level-headed hey i get it but let's at least have the conversation um but talk to us about what what can we actually do to begin to make a difference,
1: right? Well, well, the first thing I would ask everybody to do is don't take it from me. Um, go to God's word about this. I have a list. Um, even if you don't read anything else out of out of uh, the book that I wrote, keep it good. I do ask that you read the cha- the one page in the introduction that has the list of scriptures that point to the evidence of God caring for his creation. You know, Psalm 24, the earth is the, Lord and the Lord's and all that yeah. is in it. You know, about, about he goes on and on for chapters in the book of Job about the minute detail he goes into to, you know, water the fields and clothe the lilies and not a single sparrow falls to the ground apart from me and all of those things. And, and um, so, yeah, don't take it from me. So, I, I, so go to the word of God yourself and and read it for yourself, and I, and ask, and I definitely ask you to pray about it. To ask God, okay, what do you want me to see? What is your will for your creation, and what do you want me to do about that? So yeah, that would definitely be the first thing. Yeah. yeah. Love that. What else? And then um, also, I'd encourage you to do something tangible. Um, I would not watch, like you were saying, I would not watch all the negative environmental news because it can be so overwhelming. But it's true about any other area of service. You know, you can't look at all the starving children. You can't look at all the hungry people. You just look at the one that God puts in your path. And you think about the granola bar you have in your purse and you give it to the guy. You know That that happened to me the other day. Um, But you know, you can't, the same thing here. You can't look at the huge problems facing the, facing the planet. You have to look at just the little things in front of you. Because we can't fix everything, but we can, you know, pick up litter. We can't fix, we can't fix everything, but we can be more mindful about our choices. And, and so there's a lot of little things. But I do definitely recommend that you make it um, more tangible for you and do something that will help you, help, help you wrap your brain around it and see that you made a difference.
0: Yeah. Do you have any, um, like resources or anywhere that you would point us to to go, Hey, if this is intriguing you, if this is kind of sparking something you want to look further, would you point us to somewhere?
1: Do you, uh, is there something they could go look at? Right. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is, I'm not often left field here. This is actually a really <laughs> big, um, every single denomination has a creation care, um, Portion organization, I don't know what you want to call it. But they have their I have a creation care group. And um, the, obviously, with Pope Francis and and you know all of that he is doing, and then with the Methodist Church, they have a huge creation care portion. And um, there's different in the evangelical church as well. There's the Evangelical Environmental Network, which is creationcare.org. And um, we have somebody from EEN here tonight. Um, and so there's a lot of resources out there. And also on your campuses, this is, this is, and this is, I was talking to um, Austin at the beginning, you know, going to campus and finding one of the organizations that, I um, guess I guarantee each one of your campuses has, has yeah. environmental organizations and volunteering with them and telling them about, guess what my church talked about this week? And because yeah. I know a lot of people, I could list off 10 right now that left the church because they didn't think that the church and creation got along, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so so that's yeah that's that's a great point.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing I want to encourage you guys with is, um, I, you know, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? We could spend hours up here talking about that. Like so many different things. You know, care about this, care about this, care about that. I think. You know, one of the things that, that God's been just speaking to me is to be a follower of Christ, it requires an openness to conviction at any moment. It requires an openness to just ask the Holy Spirit, hey, if there's something in me that's not right or if there's something that I should care about that I don't care about, if there's something that I do care about that I shouldn't care about, then I'm open to that. I think that's what being a follower of Christ is, is being open to, to that at any moment. And so I would just encourage you, like, perhaps this is something that you should care about that you don't care about now. Like, just a little bit. No one's asking you to, to, you know, don't view this as this is a liberal thing or this is just a bunch of hippies. Like, this is something that actually, like, the Bible talks about. And this is something that we ought to consider at the least and then talk about a little bit. And so um, I would just, I love what Lindsay said in the beginning. Will you just consider like going home tonight and praying, or waking up tomorrow and praying? Oh God, what would you have my role to be in this? Even if it's something really small, like what you mentioned, or maybe reaching out to somebody to ask, "Hey, what can? How can I help? What club can I get involved in, or something?" Because this this is a biblical follower of Christ thing that um, I think if all of us took some ownership in, it would really make an impact.
1: Or even just being content, like I the uh, chapter six, the whole. The whole of chapter six talks about contentment, which is such a Christian biblical idea, and because um, everything that we buy comes from comes from creation in one way or another, and um, and so and I was reading um, in Ecclesiastes this morning. I mean, it but it, it contentment is all over the Bible, and even just being content and grateful for the things that you already have. I mean, yeah, I get it. Things are gonna wear out you're going to buy new things i'm not i'm not saying not ever to you know buy anything new but but you know just being content with the things you have it not only blesses you and blesses your relationship with god but it also blesses the the least of these and creation
0: love that hey before before we let you go um i want to thank you we just finished uh two weeks ago we finished a series called women of valor where we talked about women of the bible and and uh just admired their courage, and we thought about, you know, what does it mean for us to be that? And I just want to say, I appreciate you being a courageous woman out there, a professor, and standing up for these things that, that God's convicted you of, and so I just want to honor you
2: and, and say oh, thank you. thank you. Great. <laughs> awesome. Thank
0: you thank so much. Um, like we told you, she's, she's got a book and a few copies out there in the lobby that we'd love for you to... Um, If you're interested in that and and you really want to read it, please, if you haven't read a book in six years, don't pick the book up. Uh, But if if you're really interested in reading it, uh, stop by and grab the book or or talk to her about how you can get it electronically. The band's going to come back up. And I want to close us out with a thought, if that's okay. If it's not, then you can get over it. (laughs) Um, I hope that tonight sparks something in you to um, maybe change your habits, or maybe to change the things that uh, you care about, maybe just to change the things that, um, the passions you pursue, Um, it matters, you know it matters, and uh, whether you you walk out of here going, that was silly, uh, or not, I don't really care, but I, I hope for a few of you, you go, you know what, I think this is something that God's asked me to care about. And I should care about it. I want to read to you a scripture in uh, Psalm chapter 33, uh, verse 6 through 9. It says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The last few verses just capture my soul. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people revere him. Why? Because he spoke and the earth was created. He commanded and it stood firm. And so I wrote it down this way. Creation captivates our attention and then it directs our worship. I hope that when we look at The creation that that God has made for us to live in, for us to look at, I hope that it captivates your attention. And then I hope it directs your worship. That you look at it and go, wow, what an amazing thing that God's given us. What an amazing opportunity God's given me to steward this. And I hope it points us all to a place of worship. The grandeur, the 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 massiveness of what He's created is unbelievable, and it all points back to Him. It all points back to Him, and so we're gonna stand, and we stand. We're gonna we're gonna sing, and um, I'm gonna need some help getting this table off in a second when I pray. But there are tons of reasons why He's worthy of our worship. Tons of reasons why. He's worthy of our praise tonight. Tons of reasons why he's worthy of your worship tomorrow. Um, Like I said, we could stand up here and talk about him for hours. But one of them is what he's created. And um, not only is that you, like who he's created, but it's what he's created for us to live in and what he's created for us to steward. So let me pray for us. So Father, we're grateful that all of creation sings your praises. We're grateful, Lord, that you've given us such a place to live in, such a place to steward. And, and God, I understand the complexities of this topic. I understand the nuances of it. I understand um, the different views and all that kind of stuff. Lord, I hope, if anything, that you would use tonight to just point us back to a, a sense of awe, a sense of wonder. And what you have done. May we not take for granted the beauty of this place, the beauty of what you've given us, the beauty of what you have allowed us the opportunity to steward. And Lord, I pray for a few of those that would be so brave to say, you know what? Not only do I wanna stand in awe, but I think I have a responsibility to steward this. I need to change something or I need to care about something differently. Lord, our desire is to know you more, is to follow you more, is to be more like you so, God, I pray in the next few weeks that you would make us aware of the things that you care about, that we should care about. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: It's so to die and as you speak hundred billion times, but what measure could amount to your
0: So if creation still obeys him so will i that's our prayer for you that you will adopt that that you will make that your claim your declaration as well and um i hope that that you learned something tonight i hope it was refreshing to you and uh i'm really excited for this series just to let you know where we're going next week i think is going to be um really big. So we're going to talk about how do you find healing from past abuse, whether that's physical, mental, verbal, whatever. And so I think it's going to be a big night, whether that's something you've walked through, I'd encourage you to be here because I promise you, if you haven't already, you will uh, encounter somebody who has walked that journey and God may just want to use you to speak some encouragement to them. And so uh, that's where we're going next week.